Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Man, I'm excited to be here. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Cody. I'm the fifth and sixth grade pastor here at Queen Assembly. Pastor Steve taking a little break this Sunday and next Sunday, and me and Pastor Matt are going to get to share the words. So I'm excited about it. We're in this short series called Built on the Rock. I'm going to start out this morning with a question. You don't have to answer it out loud, but I want you to really think about it, okay? You ready? Have you ever wanted to run away from it all? See? Yeah, same. I've heard it called runaway syndrome, where life has just punched you in the face. Life has just hit you like never before. And you're just like, all right, I'm out. See you later. Want to get in my car and just drive until the gas runs out. Sometimes that happens to us in life. Sometimes we just can't face it anymore. Now, if you haven't been there, I want you to count yourself blessed because it's a terrible place to be. But this morning, I want to give you hope. You know, I think whenever Matthew, or whenever Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 5, that very first beatitude that Pastor Steve shared last week, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think sometimes we get in such that bad spot that we have to realize our only direction is Jesus. The only way to go is towards Jesus. Because if we stay in that spot, if we stay in that broken down state, we're just going to sit there and rot. We're just going to sit there and wallow in that self-pity and that, that terribleness that we're in. And so we have to depend on Jesus. That's how I'm starting this morning. <laughs> Yay, Pastor Cody, message of hope. <laughs> but I do want to give you hope this morning because it's not the end. This whole series built upon the foundation, built upon the rock. This whole series is building our life with Jesus, starting on that solid foundation that is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That is Jesus that came and stepped out of heaven and died for us so that we could have a relationship with God. This whole series is about building on that solid rock. And that's where our hope is. God doesn't promise us that things are going to be easy. Amen? God doesn't promise us that one day we're going to say a prayer, we're going to accept him into our life, we're going to start this relationship with him, and everything is going to be smooth sailing from there out. No, he doesn't, but this is what he does tell us. John 16, you will have suffering in this world, but have hope. Be courageous, because I have conquered or have overcome the world. When we have our hope and our foundation in Jesus, we can be courageous. Just like that song said, I love listening to lyrics. And if you don't know, Pastor Austin doesn't just wake up on Sunday morning and go, oh, let's play this song, this song, this song, this song, because they're in similar keys and they work together. Pastor Austin prays over those. He picks perfect songs for perfect Sundays. He goes and he listens to God. So, and I can tell you that because literally every time we get into worship and stuff, I think, oh my goodness, that relates exactly what we're going to talk about this morning. That relates to exactly what God's going to tell me today. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. We can have hope because Jesus is bigger than this world. Amen. Jesus is bigger than all the junk that's going on in the world right now. All of it. 
He's bigger than it. He is more powerful. He's overcome everything that's already happened so we can have a hope in him. Like I said, today, we're gonna continue our message built upon the rock, looking at Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew five through seven. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and go there. We're gonna be right in the middle of Matthew chapter five. And this part, uh, I like to call it, uh, if you wanna describe it as a sandwich, the Sermon on the Mount, this part is all the good stuff that you put on a sandwich. Little bit of lettuce, some tomatoes, pickles, no onions, because onions are bad. Really? Only one? Okay, all right. Little jalapeno relish, spicy mustard. It's all the good stuff. This stuff right here is super important, not because it's the foundation, but because it's what we're going to start building on that foundation. So like I said, go there, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. That's where we're going to start out. This kind of is the basics of being a Christian. If you really want to find out how you should live your life as a Christian, this is a great place to start. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. I know, though, that it's more than just doing these things. It'd be really easy, right, if we could have a checklist and say, okay, if I do this, 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 I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to love God, and I'm going to go to heaven. That's part of it. But it's a lot more than just doing these things. It's really experiencing God and what he wants to do through these things. I can tell you that because Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now, I'm going to be honest. A lot of Christians today will say, ah, oh, Old Testament stuff. We don't have to live under that. That's, that's Old Testament. We're New Testament, which is true to an extent. But what Jesus is saying right here is, listen, if you want to be perfect, if you want to do everything right, follow all those laws. Do everything that all the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other Assees tell you to do. Do all those things and you'll be perfect. But who knows? We're not perfect. Amen? We're not perfect. We can't do all those things. That's why we need Jesus. Jesus says in verse 24, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. You'll never have a real genuine relationship with my father if you just try to live up to it. Righteousness. Let's talk about that for a second. Righteousness is literally the approval of God's justness or justice. I'm talking about that with my Elevate kids in fifth and sixth grade right now. We're talking about justice because it's a big word. It's a big word in the world right now. It's a big word in the news, in our lives. Justice in the Bible, whenever it's used according to what the Bible says, is to make things right. A lot of people, whenever we think of justice, we think, oh, so-and-so did something bad, and so to get justice, we're going to punish them. But really what God is saying in his word is justice is making things right from the get-go, doing the things the way that God wants us to do, the things that we do in our lives. There's an old song that says, give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I've been missing, give me your love for humanity. Whenever we see the world the way God sees the world, we're literally doing what he tells us to do. We're listening. We're being Jesus to the world. We're showing people the world the love that Jesus has for them and that he has for us. That justice is really listening to God, seeing the way God would do things, and then going out and doing it. The start of living on the foundation of Jesus is seeing things the way that Jesus does. 
to me, that's pretty heavy. That's one of the things I pray almost every day is, God, help me to see the way you see. Because if we're really seeing the world the way that God sees the world, man, we're going to be doing amazing things. We're going to be helping out people that we would have never helped out before. We're going to be doing the things that the world expects the church to do and not just that the church talks about doing. When we see the world the way that God sees the world, man, we're going to love it a whole lot more. We're going to love those people that are just unbearable sometimes. Those people that we just want to go, we're going to love those people because I can promise you Jesus loves them. Jesus made them. Jesus wants them to one day spend eternity in heaven with them. Jesus wants them to know him today, not later on when it's too late. We have to do things the right way. We have to be the only people, the only Jesus that some people will ever see. That's our responsibility. Now, that's a pretty heavy thing. That's a pretty, uh, a pretty daunting task to be the only, the only Jesus that some people will ever see. But that's what God calls us to do. And we can do that when we start with Jesus. When we start with the foundation of having Jesus in our lives. I love this quote, Maya Angelou. She said, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. That's our goal. Every day, just try to do a little bit better. Try to go and spend our time with Jesus. Try to fill up our cup as much as we can, so to speak, with God and his holiness and his justice and all that. And then go and pour it out on the people that are around us. Go show that love to people. When we know better, we're called to do better. And that's what this series is about. Learning about Jesus, going and building our lives upon him, going in, making that our foundation, and then going out and showing that love to people. So this morning, let's go through this. Doing better since we're learning what it means to live through the eyes of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to read all of this because there's a whole lot to read. I really encourage you, though, whether you've been a Christian forever or whether you just started being a Christian, read through this Sermon on the Mount. It's one of my favorite portions of Scripture because really— it's Jesus talking, and it's Jesus just laying it out how it should be. So we're going to go Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. This is what it says. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder. And whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister, they will be subject to the court. And whoever says, you fool or raka, will be subject to hellfire. So if you're offering your gift on the altar there and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go, be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Now, if you missed it in Sunday school, murder is bad. We don't murder people. We don't do that. But Jesus takes it one step further here. He says that word fool or raka in Aramaic. And it's literally just insulting somebody, putting somebody down. Jesus just goes and says, okay, yeah, we know murder is bad, but I'm going to take it one step further. If you put somebody down, if you insult them, you're subject to hellfire. Oh, to me, man, <laughs> I got to think back. What did I say? <laughs> did I really just say that? We all have those points in our lives. We all have those times where we misstep, where something slips out. But what Jesus is saying right here is, hey, 
look, it's a bad deal. You are called to show love. You are called to love people the way I love people. Jesus is telling us even that little bitty thing, even though it sounds goofy, even though it sounds dumb, even though we have all thought, oh my goodness, that person, I can't listen to them. They're just, we've all thought it. But Jesus is saying, hey, I still made that person. I still love that person. I'm calling you to love them through that. Our words are important. Our actions are important. Jesus is taking it beyond all the stuff that we know, because remember, in case you forgot, murder, bad. But Jesus says it's just as bad if you call somebody a name, if you insult them. Show love. Jesus is pushing us to do better. As we build our life on the foundation of Christ, we start learning a better way. We start learning that Jesus doesn't just care about the outside appearance, but he's calling us to do things that he did and be the kind of person that he was while he was here on earth. See like Jesus, do better. That's our first thing today. Let's keep going. Matthew chapter five, verse 27, just a little bit down. You have heard that it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand, it causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it's better to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, if that was the first time you've ever read that, I'm sure you're like me the first time I ever read that and your eyes kind of bulged out just a little bit and you thought, seriously? Like, I don't want to cut my hand off. I don't want to gouge my eye out. But Jesus is showing us how important it is to distance ourselves from sin. Jesus is showing us that anything that separates us from God, yeah, he's talking about adultery here, but really anything that separates us, any sin that we have in our lives we need to take it seriously. We need to not just blow it off and be like, uh, I mean, I know it's bad, but I know a lot of other people do it. And I know I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't really affected me. But Jesus is saying, no, whatever causes you to sin, get rid of it. If you have a problem judging people, get rid of the chit chat on Facebook. <laughs> if you have a problem lying about people, and stay away from those people. <laughs> if you have a problem looking at stuff you shouldn't look at, get rid of it. Throw it away. Put it far away from you. Put some blocks on it, something. If you have a problem, Jesus says, it's important. It's not like, oh, it's just a little sin. It's fine. It's okay. Just keep it right over here. He's saying, cut it off and get rid of it. We have to distance ourselves from sin if we really want to see Jesus grow in our life. If we really want to see that hope that we talk about so much in this building. If we really want to see the love that we proclaim whenever people ask if we're Christians. We have to distance ourselves from those things that separate us from God so that there's no doubt that God can be right there with us. That's fairly easy to start with. Those are, those are things that we all know but I can tell you we can do zero of those things without the help of God, without really trusting in Jesus. 
If we try to do it all on our own, we're going to fail. How many of us in here could tell stories about, you know, well, you know, back in the day I tried to stop doing such and such, but it just never stuck because I always went back to it. I think a lot of us could. A lot of us could go and point out those things that we've done in our lives or had in our lives that we didn't fully give over to Jesus. We didn't fully say, okay, God, I got to have your help because without you, I can't do this. If we really want to build on that foundation, if we really want to have a nice house on that foundation, we have to trust Jesus and we have to trust him to help us out with those things. We can't do it on our own, but we can with Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter five, let's keep going. Verse 31, just a little bit of it's going to be up here on the screen, but you can read along with it in your Bible. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in the case of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath. But if you keep your oaths to the Lord, but I tell you, don't take an oath at all either by heaven because it's God's throne or by the earth because it's his footstool or by Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. Don't swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black, but let your yes be your yes, your no be your no, and anything more from this is the evil one. Now, we all know marriage vows, you say till death do we part. Whenever you make a promise to somebody, you may say, oh, I, I swear to God, or oh, I swear, you know, on my mother's grave, or whatever, you know, little things we make up here. But what Jesus is really talking about is, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to serve him, if we're going to follow him, if we're going to be that only Jesus that some people ever see, we have to keep our word. Our word is important. In this day and age, with a little bit of a uh, questionable language and a lawyer, you can get out of pretty much anything. But God is calling us to do better. God is calling us to go and be men and women of our word. That if we say something, that's it. Like it's going to happen. We're going to do everything with the best of our ability to make that happen. God is telling us, don't go around and just throw out phrases so that you'll look cool or so you'll look good or so people will believe you actually do those things. Be the man or woman that your word says you are. Follow through. Go and live up to our words. One of the things I bore into my kid's head is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. It says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. We don't need to just say we're going to do stuff. But people need to know us by our actions. He's not going to like this, but I'm going to go ahead and point it out anyways. John Singleton over here is a man of his word. John Singleton, if he tells me something's going to get done, it's going to get done. If you haven't been back to Elevate, we redid our game room back there a couple weeks ago, and the floor looks amazing. Because John Singleton told me, hey man, whenever you need me, if you need anything, holler at me. And I did. And I needed it kind of quick. And you know what? He was there for me. I could go through this room and tell you different people who I know I can trust because I've seen it. Because those people haven't just said, oh, hey, Pastor Cody, you know, if anything needs at the church, you know, just let me know. It's not because they've said it, but because I've seen it in them. We should be people of our word even more 
than the people outside of this church. As Christians, if we say something, we better follow through with it. Jesus is telling us here, don't just make oaths for the sake of making oaths. Don't just swear by things so that people will like you and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I trust him now. Do what God has called us to do. Be the kind of people that people can trust because they see you follow through with what your commitments are. Okay, we've read a lot. We're almost there. We're going to skip around just a little bit more this morning. Even if we've been a Christian for lots of years, like I said, I think this is important stuff that we go back over, that we look at, even if we've read it a hundred times. Because I'll be honest, anytime I hear Sermon on the Mount stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know that. That's one of my favorite parts. I like it. Cool. I can zone out a little bit. This is important. And it's important because Jesus said it and because it got recorded. So this next little section, I really truly believe Jesus had the foresight of social media because I feel like he put this little section in here to specifically address that. But here's what it says in Matthew chapter 38. Matthew chapter five, verse 38. You have heard that it was said. Now remember, he's taken all this stuff that people know. These people, these Jews that he's talking to know this stuff. This is like second nature to them. This is the stuff that they have learned since they were little bitty. And it's been drilled into their heads to follow God. This is the way. You know that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the, also, turn to him the other also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. There's a break right here in the Bible, but I really feel like Jesus is just like picking up steam right here. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do that? And if you only greet your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your father is perfect. No, Pastor Cody! That person, they don't, they don't believe what I believe. They, they look different than me. They say things different than me. No, that person's a dummy. Oh, wait, we can't say that, remember? Because we talked about that earlier. God calls us to love our enemies. And I can tell you, firsthand experience, that is not fun. That is not enjoyable. If somebody accuses you of something, you just want to be like, whoa, hey, Where'd that come from? When our enemies accuse us of things, when our enemies try to hurt us, God says, hey, it's cool, man. I got you. God says, I am your source. I am your hope. I am your salvation. Don't worry about what those people are doing. Don't worry about what that person said. It doesn't matter. I'm the one you need to focus on. Now, I am not saying... Let somebody just walk all over you because I don't believe that's what Jesus is talking about here. I believe Jesus is showing us a better way, right? Jesus is showing us that if we listen to him, if we do the things that he says, if we have that relationship with him, 
We're going to know when it's time to stand up and we're going to know when it's time to stand down. We're going to know that because Jesus is the one that is directing us. Whenever we're in that relationship with Jesus, we're going to know the right thing to do. Because I can tell you, I have been cussed at, I have been put down, I have been made fun of, I have been called every name in the book. And there's been times when I've given it right back. But there's also times in our lives where I've been cussed at, I've been put down, I've been made fun of, I've been ridiculed and called every name in the book. But I heard that voice of God say, hey, let it go, man. Cody, it's okay. I got you. I'm your hope. I'm your salvation. I'm the one that is going to lead you and guide you and help you and lift you up. I know that you are called. I know that you are blessed. I know that I love you. But we have to be willing to listen to the voice of God to know when it's time to do the thing, when it's time to push back or when it's time to let it go. Man, that's hard. But I can promise you, if we have that relationship, if we go and we trust God enough, he's never going to lead us wrong. He's going to lead us in the right way. We have to know that it's not just about us. Because I can promise you, there's been times whenever I've stood up, whenever I've riled back, that in that moment, God was like, nope. Could have just let that go and better things would have happened. There's times in my life where I know that I've crossed the line and I've given it back to somebody. And God was like, man, it could have been handled better. Could have done something different there. We have to make sure that we're listening to God. And whenever we listen to God, it's not just, okay, yep, yep, I get that. Okay, cool, I'll do that. But actually going out and doing what God calls us to do. We have to make sure that even though at one point the Bible says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, Jesus is calling us to do it a better way. Jesus is calling us to sometimes just say, okay, cool. Sorry you feel that way. That's a hard thing. We get riled up on social media. We get riled up in person. We get riled up about this political thing or that political thing or this thing or that thing. We get riled up and we just want to explode and we just want to give it right back. But sometimes God says, hey, just show them. Just show them a better way. Show them that love, even though they're your enemy right in this moment. Show them that love, even though you really just want to take that verse about slapping somebody and use it for yourself. Show them love in word and in action. We can't just make it about us. We are are the only Jesus that some people will ever see. And we have to remember that. As we build on that foundation of Jesus, it gets easier. It gets a little bit easier to kind of go through that kind of stuff. It gets a little bit easier to let stuff go. It gets a little bit easier to show love to the unlovable. But it has to start with our relationship. Not our grandma, not our grandpa, not our son, daughter, husband, wife, whatever has to be our relationship with Jesus that we're building on if we really want to see people. Those are the five things today. We have to see like Jesus and we have to do better. We have to distance ourselves from sin. We have to live up to our word. We have to be led by God and we can't only be in it for us.
as we get to this last little part that we're going to talk about, it kind of really envelops that last part. Don't only be in it for us. It's Matthew chapter six. I'm not going to read all of it, but it talks about how to pray, how to give, how to fast and what we do with our money. But really the first sentence of each section there kind of sums it up. This is what it says. Matthew 6, 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you'll have no reward with your Father in heaven. Verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they can be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Verse 16. When you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. And verse 19, don't store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust destroy and where the thieves break in and steal. It's not about us. I can promise you, if you can learn that one truth right there, if you can learn that one thing, man, life gets so much easier because it kind of alleviates a little bit of pressure that you put on yourself sometimes. Whenever you say, God, okay, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, wherever you want me to be, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to say. That's where I'm going to be. Whenever we go and we give it over to God and say, okay, I, I think I know what to do, but I'm going to listen to you. And we're going to take that time to go and listen to God and see what he says. When we do that, it alleviates so much pressure off of us because we're doing what God wants to do. We're not doing it for us. We're not doing it so we can look good, which I got to say, we like to do that. We like to make ourselves look good. We like to say things that are going to pump us up and puff us up in front of other people. But what God's telling you here is, hey, don't worry about you. I got this. I got you. I know that you are more important than sparrows in a field. I know that you're more important than flowers. I'm going to take care of you if you'll just let me. If you'll just listen, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. And I'm going to use you to show the world how much I love it. We have to get out of the way sometimes. Why would we ever want someone else to miss out on that? I think about the times where I've messed up or I've done something dumb. And later on, God reminds me, hey, that could have been a moment right there that somebody could have seen my love, but it kind of got in the way and messed it up. I think about the times in my life where God has told me, hey, Cody, I want you to go do that, or Cody, I want you to do this. And I've been like, nah, not right now, I'm too busy. And later on, God reminds me, hey, that could have been a moment that that person would have known me for the first time, that that person would have experienced my love for the first time. Sometimes we just have to get out of the way and let God lead us, and let God guide us. When we come to find, we come to find that when we give out what God blesses us with, and we don't do it because we're supposed to, but we do it because that's what Jesus did. We help the world see his love. When we build on the foundation of Jesus, we embody the words of John the Baptist. He must become greater, I must become less. When that's our goal, when that's the thing that we strive to do, man, the world is going to see the love of God. The world is going to see this Jesus that we talk about here in church. Going to see it outside of the church because it's us showing that love. 
I want to encourage you. And keep building on the foundation of Jesus. Keep going and finding out what God wants for your life. Keep going and getting closer to God. Keep going and reading your Bible and praying. Yes, all those things are important, but it's taking that time to say, God, what do you want? What do you want for my life? When we do that, I can promise you, man, God's going to give it to you. I have never once, never not once, that's a double negative. I think I'm still doing it the right way. I have never asked God, God, what do you want me to do? And God hasn't spoken and showed me. God hasn't led me into something. God, help me today to influence somebody's life. Help me today to be a blessing to somebody. And God always brings up that opportunity. If you want to see Jesus really move in this world, if you really want to see Jesus move in your house, in your work, in just the places that you randomly go. Ask him, and he's going to give you the opportunity. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for being you. I pray that, Lord, you spoke this morning to each and every person in this room. I pray, Lord, that you would just continually speak to us and guide us and show us the way to go. Lord, this morning, I love you, and I thank you for being my God. I thank you, Lord, that each and every person in here can know you and experience the love you have for them. Because, Jesus, that's why you came. That's why you came, that's why you spoke, and that's why you showed us the way to live. Because, Jesus, you care about us. So, Jesus, this morning, I pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that they don't have that foundation that we talked about last week, that, Lord, that would be the thing today. That, Lord, they would give their life to you, that they would pray and they would experience you like never before. And Jesus, this morning, I also pray for everyone else. Lord, help us to grow. Help us not to be content with just knowing you and getting to heaven. Lord, help us to want to see this world changed because of your love. Help us, Jesus, to show this world how much you love it. Help us, Jesus, to be led by you in our words and in our actions. God, I thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Lord, we know that just like it said in your word, you don't promise that it'll be easy, but you promise that you'll get us through, that you'll help us be more than conquerors. Jesus, that you are help and our hope. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for what you do. In your name, amen. This morning, we're going to...